welcome friends to the Relevant Roundtable, where we meet every Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At the Roundtable, we discuss real-life situations that deserve more attention. These conversations are rich in personal insight that give listeners clarity and direction to influence and impart into their daily lives. I'm your host, Tony. Thank you for joining the table. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Relevant Roundtable. We certainly appreciate you for joining us tonight. We thank you for stopping by on this Thursday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We thank you for just being with us and walking away with the wisdom that you would be able to move forward in your journey in this daily life. Today, we have someone with us that I believe is completely phenomenal. Um, Only interacted one time, but had the opportunity to kind of go through her website and read some of the things that she's been doing. And it's certainly amazing. And I think that uh, where she comes from and where she is at right now is uh, certainly prevalent to a lot of people. And a lot of people would be able to really, really just experience her journey through um, her book, or even some of the things that she has listed on her website. I think the journey is great. It appears to me that she um, has walked the journey. And so therefore she has the wisdom, she has the skills, she has the knowledge and the intellect to give us some tools um, that we could apply in order to make it to our other side. Her name is Stephanie Sterling, a.k.a. The self-improvement motivator. I love it. And so Stephanie, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you are today? Hi, and thank you for having me, Tony. I'm just honored to be here. I love doing podcasts. I love being able to connect with new faces, new people. Currently, so for people who do not know, my brand is called The Authentic Stephanie Sterling LLC, and that was all birthed from my book, Fatherless Success, back in June of 2021. Originally, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina, but now I reside in Dallas, Texas, and I absolutely love it here. Like Tony was saying, you know, I am in the journey. I've been on the journey, but I'm still on the journey. It's a never-ending cycle, a never-ending winding road, as some may say. And I'm just here to assist people because we all need a support system. We all need people that can empathize empathize for us and with us, people who are compassionate, people who are kind, people who can help us elevate to the next level. Just whether that's a listening ear, being able to bounce ideas off of like-minded people and even people who can just pray with you and pray for you. And so that's where I am in my journey. Stephanie, that is so awesome. So give us a peek into fatherless success. Absolutely. So fatherless success, honestly, I had the name of the book a few years back before, you know, I published my book, but I just wasn't in that space to deal with it because then I had to deal with some real feelings that I thought I had moved past, but I was still holding on to. So when I finally sat down, you won't believe the tears I cried. Even after doing so much 
journaling and therapy and building my relationship with God, I was still holding on to my father who had not been around. So the reason why I wanted to share the story, Fatherless Success, is because I grew up in a single parent home with my mom and my brothers. But I wanted to share with people that although fatherlessness is a trauma, that you can overcome the obstacles once you have the right people and right tools and resources and support system in place. Therefore, you can then be successful. And that success is whatever you define it as, whether your success is having a husband or a wife and a family, whether that is just being a stay-at-home mom, whether that is being an entrepreneur, whether that is working in the corporate field. So fatherless success entails that despite of what I didn't have, I'm still going to succeed. So when you say you were holding on to things or your father, specifically outside of the physical person in the father, what were some of those other attributes or things that you were holding or even feelings or emotions that you were holding on to? For me, it was just, first off, he lived in the same city as we did. And, you know, there were times that, uh, when I was in high school, also when I was in college, after college, that I tried to reconnect, but it just didn't pan out for whatever reason. Maybe he never really wanted to be a father. Maybe he doesn't have the capacity to be a father. I don't know. I just never was able to have that in-depth conversation with him. But it was just feeling like, you know, people who I know who have fathers, like what that feels like. And even male friends that I have who are such amazing fathers and they go over and beyond for their daughters. And sometimes it would just hit me like, I'm never going to experience that. That was that gift, that precious thing was taken from me. And I'm never going to be able to experience that. Although I have my heavenly father. So there was just that yearning of wanting that, I guess, that father-daughter relationship and that bonding because he's supposed to be your first love. I didn't have that first love. So when it comes to my love life, I've had to figure things out from a single mom's perspective and doing it by myself. And that's so many challenges that I've had to overcome. And so I believe that's a lot of what I felt like I was missing. So that's quite interesting. I, I want to hit on two things. In the absence of a father, from a spiritual perspective, we know that our heavenly father, we cannot physically see. Correct. So with that, how did you, how were you able to develop a strong spiritual relationship with a father that is present, but yet absent because mm -hmm. you cannot see? Right, right. So for me, my journey was, has been mainly getting closer to God. I felt like everything I've gone through was God getting, bringing me closer to him. And so I was finally able to make peace when I finally fully submitted to God and said, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to listen and tune in and do what you want me to do. That's when I was finally able to let go of my father here, my biological father here on earth, because 
I know for whatever reason, he just doesn't have the capacity. And so I had to let that yearning and that longing, I had to let that go. And building that relationship with God filled every void I ever thought I had. Everything I thought I needed and was searching for, even in companionships, God showed me, Stephanie, I've been right here inside of you the whole time. I just need you to tap in. All I needed you to do, I needed you to activate it and then cultivate it from there and continue to get closer to me. And with that alone, that has put me at so much peace. The second part that I kind of wanted to tap in, because it, it's very true, right, in in developing male relationships. Now, in developing male relationships, that doesn't necessarily have to always be romantically, but there are platonic relationships or business relationships that involve men. So have you found that as a result of your past fatherlessness, that that impacted even those type of relationships with males? Honestly, no. And I think that's because I'm, so I'm the only girl, I'm the middle child, I have two brothers. And so I grew up with males in the house. You know, I'm the only girl, then it was my mom. I had a stepfather for a little while, but he wasn't as present, right? So for me, it was actually it was more difficult for me to build companionship, but it was it has been easier for me to have friendships with males. And I think it's because I grew up with brothers. So just that interaction of platonic relationships are easier for me. Even now I hold as far when it when it comes to who I attract or like, I guess long standing relationships, I bond better with male friends. Now, I do have some good female friends. I've lost a few along the way, but as far as longevity, I tend to have male friends for longevity versus female friends. Do you find, because you mentioned earlier, you know, that fatherlessness, so to speak, doesn't necessarily always have to be just the absence of a father but it could also be attributable to, you know, a mother or, you know, different people who may have guardianship and so on and so forth. So with that being said, do you feel like even though a person could have that mother and that father in the same household and pretty much like the Huxtables, right? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that type of atmosphere still could be indicative to being fatherless. Yes. Okay. And I say yes, not from just what I think or research I've done, but from conversations I've had with actual men, as well as women who said their father was there. But I say more so men because, you know, men uh, have a certain relationship with their father. And so they expect certain things. And so a man is going to mimic his father, right? Just like a lady is going to mimic her mother. So it, it intrigues me about some of the male conversations I've had where they did grow up, their parents were married, all of this. And some of them still just as dysfunctional as somebody who grew up in a single parent home or didn't have their parents, as well as because we have to remember our parents have trauma. 
And so for me, I was fortunate to be the curse breaker and start healing and looking it deep inside myself and becoming self-aware and, you know, tapping into all these great things that God have for me. But my mother, not so much. She didn't tap into that because they're stuck in their ways, even with all this new technology, even with me being her daughter and having the resources that I can give her, she's still not so open to it, right? And so it's the same thing when you grow up in a two-parent household and the father is there physically, but some most men are raised, oh, I just supposed to provide for my family. So I need to go to work as long as the bills are paid, as long as we have food, as long as you know they get, I, I'm able to send them off to school, then I did my part. But they forget the emotional piece. The spiritual peace, all those things that tie into a human being. Now, let's just say when that man goes out, now when he's dating, he thinks, oh, well, as long as I got money and I can pay the bills, then, you know, oh, girl, we good. What's your problem? But then men who want more for themselves, they start to realize, oh, no, that's not right. There may be some, you know, some broken women who want that, but a woman who have her stuff together, no, she's going to want more mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, more than just the financials, right? She's going to want so much more. And so now he has to make the decision to heal his wounds or, or unlearn what he thought was the way. So- in a nutshell, you're saying that a person in a two-parent household, although either parent may be absent emotionally, mentally, right, or spiritually, can indicatively experience the same trauma that someone that doesn't have a physical parent or guardian in their lives. Correct. And, you know, I haven't done all the research out, you know, out there, but I know, you know, studies show that children who grow up in a single parent household are less likely to develop the way they need to emotionally and socially and financially. And if they grow up in a two parent household or they have, even if it's just, you know, co-parenting that they're able to at sea or at sale. And I haven't really dug into the information. I just know like the basics and the general and the you know, the statistics of it. But honestly, when it comes down to it, it can just be psychology, right? Nature versus nurture. There are people who grow, who go through hell growing up, who's abused, who's molested, all kind of stuff. And they come out on top, such as Oprah Winfrey, right? You know, she talks about she was molested. She's now a billionaire. But there are some people who were molested and they just never found that way. So what is that? That's something beyond our control that I can't speak to. That's God just has a different journey for us. He does. I love what you said about nature versus nurture, right? That thing is real, right? And so when you said that, what came to me was because you're 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 healed, but yet you're healing, right? And so, which is so awesome because I always tell people, you never peek out, like you never, <laughs> this is ongoing, right? And if you think that, you know, then just live a little longer. So, and you know, I actually had somebody tell me one day, 
that, oh, I'm healed. I'm good. And ooh, that hit my spirit different. I said, I don't want to be nowhere around this person ever. <laughs> uh-uh. Sound like my mama. She claims she don't need to go to therapy. You need therapy, honey. You need God, therapy, and everything that they have to offer. Absolutely. I love her, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just in case she watched this. <laughs> so on that that nurture versus nature, right? Do you think that in that, a person who has experienced fatherlessness has the ability to walk in wholeness without healing? No, there's no way you can be whole when you're broken on the inside when you have insecurities that need to be fixed, when you have wounds that need to be healed, when you have maybe even curiosities about something or why something happened or how it happened, you have to heal that. You have to mean that to be whole again. And so sometimes you have to even go a step further and say, hey, I may not get an apology from this person. This person may be in denial and not even feel like that they did anything wrong to me. But that's when you have to go a step further and do it for you. You have to forgive for you. You have to heal for you. Because while you over there broken, that person has moved on. He or she ain't thinking about you. They don't care what you got going on. And you sit there in a vicious cycle, going relationship after relationship, hurting people. Because hurt people hurt people, bringing toxic energy. Every time you get triggered, you're snapping, you're acting belligerent, you know, acting like a psychotic person. And so in order to genuinely be whole, you have to heal. And that starts with acknowledgement. You have to acknowledge that you even have an issue. And we all have we all have issues. Let's just be real. Nobody is exempt. And it's okay. Like I tell people, the difference is I accepted the issues I have. And I have learned to, guess what? Give them to God and work on them every day. The two words I love to use, be intentional. And every day I wake up being intentional about the woman I want to be for God, the woman God created me to be purposely. He didn't create me to walk around and have an attitude or be nasty to people and cuss people out. That's and to shut down and throw up these walls. That's not, he created me to be compassionate and loving and kind and to serve people in my community and to help people and to be loyal, and to be authentically me, to be genuine, to be a listening ear for people, to be a light when people feel like there is no light. That's who he created me to be. So in order for me to walk in the purpose he has for me, I had to heal and break those barriers. So another uh, poignant um, piece that you have and that you work through and are walking through, and I certainly appreciate it just from another woman to a woman, um, is the self-love, right? Self-improvement. So walk us through 
foundationally what we could do in order to move or transition from that place of unforgiveness, that place of abandonment, those toxic emotions to the place of loving ourselves and being that woman that God has created us to be or that man that he's created us to be. In order to get to the level of forgiveness that you need to number one you have to first acknowledge acknowledge that there is a problem that you have a problem and that you're a part of the problem because it you can't blame everybody else so step one you have to acknowledge step two you have to accept that means you have to accept what you've gone through what has happened to you what you did to other people how you reacted everything you have to be able to accept that and then step three, that's when you start your journey of healing. And you have to understand it's a daily process. It doesn't happen overnight. There's no end to it. You have to wake up and consciously make consciously make a decision that this is what I'm going to do for me every single day. Sometimes you may do more. Sometimes you may do less. But you are still making progress every day. And in that in that daily progress, and I can just speak from, from personal, right? So you you tell me if this is right. <laughs> Even in that place of healing, sometimes those negative thoughts or emotions come up, right? And so then you have to make the decision. Um, what you're going to do with them, are you going to respond to the thought? Um, or are you going to walk out the person that you are in your place of healing? You know what I'm saying? Right. So what would you tell us would be the best practice, so to speak, for when those times come? Activate, then cultivate. And I say that because first you must tap into and activate what's inside of you. And then you must cultivate yourself on your journey. And what I mean by cultivate is cultivate into that positive, inspiring, loving, uplifting person that you want to be, which means, guess what? Yeah, I have negative thoughts. Yeah, I want to give up some days. But how do I counterattack that? With scripture, with daily affirmations. Or maybe I'll just call one of my friends or somebody in my network that I have a connection with and we'll talk and they remind me of who I am. Or maybe I'm sitting here feeling down and I'm sitting on the couch. And I'm like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Man, I'm exhausted. I don't got nothing else in me. And then I go and check my email or maybe I check my text and somebody's saying, Stephanie, Thank you for touching my life in this way. Or recently, I had a, a dinner date with this lady in my network. And she was like, you're just such an inspiration. and You don't even know it. And I just started crying. I just started crying. So cultivate the space you want to be in. If you feel like I'm exhausted, counterattack that with something else. You know what? I'm just going to take it easy today. I've had a long week. 
I've done a lot of great things this week. So I'm going to take it easy today because a lot of times we don't even give ourselves enough grace. We think we're supposed to be go, 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 go. No, you need to be strategic with your time. So cultivate the space and the person you want to be. That doesn't mean you're not going to have fears. That doesn't mean you're not going to have doubts. That doesn't mean you're not going to have worries. But instead of calling somebody, girl, I'm so sick of this, da, 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 da. You sit there and you pray. You go to your notebook and journal. You go online, go to Google or buy you a Bible or buy you, a, I think it's called a concordance where you find scripture that relates to what you're going through. So then when you have that downtime, you go to that scripture. And when I tell you pow the power in scripture and prayer, oh my gosh, it is so, so powerful. I have been in a, just in the slump and prayer and giving it to God has just relieved me. And that burden and that weight that I had on me was just lifted in a matter of minutes. So Stephanie, as we wrap up um, our session tonight, I just would like for you to do two things for us. And the first thing is leave us one word or one statement of wisdom um, that has helped you get to your other side that would possibly help the next person get to their other side. And then I would like for you to let our participants know exactly where they could find you if they would like to connect with you. What has got me to the other side? Learning how to balance the spiritual and the physical of my life. Once you learn how to balance that and keep everything spiritual first, you're going to still have your ups and downs, but those downs aren't going to seem so bad once you learn that God is the source of all things and you give it to him. Remember that his burden is light. Our burden is heavy. And secondly, you can find me at The Authentic Stephanie Sterling on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. You can find me on TikTok at The Authentic SS. You can head over to the website at www.theauthenticstephaniesterling.com. Be sure to subscribe to stay in the know with your girl, Stephanie. That is so awesome. Well, thank you again, Stephanie. I love it. I love it so much. I love that you are authentically you, right? Because that's very rare, okay? And so keep being authentically you, keep pushing, keep empowering. Um, as I mentioned early on, I, I don't know you personally, but the little bit that I have read about you is phenomenal and you are certainly inspiring. So keep doing what you're doing. I certainly, certainly appreciate you for coming on this evening. And uh, sitting with us at the Relevant Roundtable. So thank you again. And listeners, we thank you for being here with us on this evening. Come back again next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at the Relevant Roundtable, where we discuss topics that are relevant to our daily lives. And we look forward to hearing from those that will give us the wisdom, the knowledge in order to make it to our other side. Thank you.